I'm Mark Olson, and this is The Real, a podcast where culture and entertainment meet. I write about movies here at The Times, and a frequent topic of conversation among my colleagues on the entertainment staff is how tough it is for any of us to just keep up with the relentless wave of content between movies and TV. So this show is about the stuff that we're watching and how we watch it. With its 21st installment in the franchise, Marvel Studios has come of age and delivered its first superhero movie centered around a female character. But judging from the reaction to Captain Marvel that's coming from some corners, some fans of the genre have a little maturing to do themselves. Online trolls are painting the film sight unseen and urging a boycott. Calls for more diversity and inclusivity from Brie Larson, Captain Marvel's outspoken star, may have inadvertently helped to whip up that backlash. And what about the actual merits of the film, its indie directors, its 90s nostalgia, and its scene-stealing cat? We've covered all the bases as Captain Marvel hits theaters. Let's listen in. I am really strong. I was able to deadlift 225 pounds. I was able to hip thrust 400 pounds. I was able to push my trainer's 5,000-pound Jeep up a hill for 60 seconds. Um, so this concept when it comes to like gender norms or what the human body is capable of, or in particular maybe what a female body is capable of, it's capable of a lot. For LA Times Studios and The Real, I'm Mark Olson. And that was Brie Larson talking about preparing for her role as Captain Marvel, the 21st movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and yet only the first of those movies to have a female lead and to be co-directed by a woman. And so joining me to talk about this movie today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Justin Chang, Jen Yamato, and Kenneth Curran. And just kind of from the top, I want to be clear, we're going to do everything we can to have this be a spoiler-free or at least spoiler-light conversations. I think there definitely are some kind of big surprises and reveals within Captain Marvel. And so we want to talk about it in a way that's not going to ruin it for anybody. But I think we also want to feel like we can really talk about what the movie's about. And now, Kenny, you had reviewed the film for the paper. And first of all, I just want to ask you, within the world of these Marvel superhero movies, I know you were a big fan of Black Panther. How did Captain Marvel kind of strike you within that context? How does it play compared to the other MCU film? Well, it's very close to Black Panther. I mean, what they've done, which is what Black Panther did, they took a smart young director from the independent world. In this case, it's two smart young directors. It's Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who everyone in the independent world knows from Half Nelson and other films. And they gave them this enormous film, and it paid dividends. You know, there's no two ways about it. And Jen, do you feel that way too? I think that having Black Panther and Captain Marvel come out in relatively quick succession is ushering in a new era in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think this is worth remembering. It took 21 movies to get here. That's a lot. I mean, we do now see so many Marvel movies per year. Iron Man came out in 2008, which really wasn't that long ago. So in 11 years, 21 movies, it took this long for a Marvel superhero movie to be centered around a woman. I forget your original question, but I just wanted to hammer that home. (laughs) Because like for about that long, a lot of journalists have been asking Marvel, and Marvel Studios had Kevin Feige, when? When is this going to happen? When is this world going to be more inclusive and not just be centered around your white male superheroes? And I feel like, frankly, they sort of ignored the question until recent years. And now it's unignorable. And Black Panther, I think, was a tremendous success that paved the way for more of this. 
So in my mind, they are linked in more ways than just canonically in that they both really open up the Avengers, meh, the Avengers storyline. But in terms of the choices that Marvel is making in what they are investing in. Justin, what's your feeling about not so much why it took Marvel so long, but what does it mean about the fact that they finally have gotten here? What to you is the importance of having Black Panther and now Captain Marvel coming out in, in quick succession? It's weird. You almost don't want to compare things too much. And I know this, it's hard not to compare them, but it's like, you know, you don't want to pit Captain Marvel against, say, Wonder Woman. If I had to myself, I would actually say I personally prefer Wonder Woman as a movie, even though I am much less enamored Same. of that DC Comics universe, personally. There's this whole thing with people like James Woods who are trying to pit Captain Marvel against Alita Battle Angel. It makes no sense whatsoever. But I think... Black Panther was such an achievement, such a paradigm shift for the whole franchise and just for blockbuster filmmaking. In the industry, yeah. Yeah, and, and part of that, I think, was because it introduced you to this, not just the character. I mean, the interesting thing, as much as I love Chadwick Boseman's performance, he's almost kind of second banana in that movie to this world, this concept of Wakanda, whereas you're meeting a character and the movie is her piecing together her identity. So it's sort of the difference between being swept into this fascinating new world of ideas and this one which is more in the origin story sort of mold and it's a different approach because the world of captain marvel is the 90s basically yes, I do. so uh, for all the fantastically detailed and original world building in black panther of wakanda the equivalent sort of is in captain marvel is split between space and uh, 1990s los angeles there's some touches of the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. And mm -hmm. I am so not a Marvel scholar that I'm not going to give no <laughs> except to say that, yes, the, the space element, it does feel a little bit more fragmented, perhaps, as a result. Well, it's interesting, Justin, I, you kind of raise this point that I feel like for some reason with Captain Marvel in particular, there is a conversation to be had about the movie, like the storytelling, the filmmaking, what's going on in the motion picture Captain Marvel. And then there's this whole other conversation that's happening around the movie and about the movie. And Jen, can you talk a little bit more about some of the conversation around the movie oh, and sure. that these, the trolling that's emerged and like what's happened that has nothing to do really with the movie itself. Well, I would say the conversation around Captain Marvel has largely been hot garbage. It's been a real dumpster fire um, <laughs> online. I don't know if you guys know, but the internet is a terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> And so we saw a very toxic... I don't want to say that I can gender them, but mostly male-seeming fans of, you know, the genre, supposedly, really come at Captain Marvel without having seen it. And they audience review bombed Rotten Tomatoes so extremely that Rotten Tomatoes took very rare action to defuse that and to say, look, we know what's happening and we don't want our platform to be manipulated for trolls. At least until people are reasonably able to see the movie. But yeah, whenever you have strong female heroes or strong female characters anchoring a very big platform like this, particularly in the superhero world, you get a lot of toxic masculinity. And that has unfortunately been very loud in recent And weeks. it's especially pronounced here, I think, because Brie Larson is the actor who called out the lack of diversity among film critics. She is the one who announced the news that Sundance and Toronto were going to make important steps toward a more equitable situation. She is the one who has been quietly damning and presenting Casey Affleck with his awards. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. She is a, a figurehead 
herself, even bef- quite apart from being a figurehead in, in this in this superhero movie. So I think that that has just exacerbated male anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cowardice I, f- I this, find you know? this so, so, so hugely depressing just on all sides. I mean, I sound like I'm 100 years old and I'm closing in on that number, as we all are. I just <laughs> wish people would just look at the film. I'm really tired of films being politicized on both sides. I didn't become a film critic to talk about the politics of film above all else. I want to see the films, write about the films, enjoy the films, not enjoy the films. And, you know, it goes without saying that this awful stuff it is just beyond words. But, I mean, I just want to think about the film. Kenny, what was a more intense beat for you to cover, films or sports? Well, they were similar in the (laughs) sense that people get both life and death feelings about their teams and their movie heroes. It's very similar. People get more upset and more emotionally involved and more hostile towards you if they feel you're not on the team with them. I mean, I had this as a sports writer and I have this now. If people feel that you're not on the team, they want to erase you off the face of the earth. Just circle back to the movie itself. The story that's told here within the MCU involves, and I'm going to try and get it right, <laughs> the people of the Kree versus the people of the Skrulls. And now these are sort of, Jen, you can correct me if I'm wrong, kind of newly introduced to the universe of the Marvel movies with Captain Marvel. And it's interesting to me that even at this late date, at 11 years and 21 movies into this ongoing saga, they've got origin stories to tell. They've got whole universes to sort of like introduce us to. Tell me a little bit about that and kind of like, do you think, is the storytelling here sometimes get overly complicated, whether it's canon or not? I don't think the stories are what gets overly complicated. I think it's the larger orchestration of the MCU, because you have to remember that the Kree Skrull Alien War is a concept that has been introduced slowly in bits into the MCU over the course of a few movies now. So while the MCU started out relatively grounded with uh, Iron Man, who is a human man with no supernatural abilities, but is brilliant and creates this like super suit for himself. So it starts out relatively grounded, and then they've built outward and laterally and it's kind of like a giant puzzle that they've been piecing together i spoke with marvel's kevin feige recently about captain marvel and sort of he got a lot more frank than he was 10 years ago when he kept things really buttoned up about the reality of how marvel has had to piece together this universe from characters that were not as well known as the most famous marvel characters which they did not own at the beginning like spider-man or the Fantastic Four and X-Men. And he says, from his perspective, they had to choose pieces from the comics that fit together. And they've really built that out in an impressive way. You saw with these Avengers movies how crowded the screen gets because all of those characters could have their own standalones. So we have heard of these aliens before, these warring aliens that we see up close. It smartly at least pulls together both this cosmic world, this intergalactic saga with the human world. And Kenny, how do you feel about sort of like the serialized storytelling of the Marvel movies? Is this to you like watching an old time Saturday matinee cliffhanger? It kind of is. I mean, it is kind of amazing that they have pulled this thing off and made it work for most of America. As Mr. T used to see it, say, I pity the fool who has to come in cold to one of these movies and try and have to understand things that the person seven rows away is saying, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a reference from whatever. 
given everything, I think they've done a good job. I'm impatient with them sometimes. And I think one of the things I liked about this film and I liked about Black Panther is that they feel more standalone, even though there are references around the corner so that they fit in this very elaborate universe. But really, I would tell someone who didn't know Marvel stuff, you could watch this film. You're going to get everything you need to get. And Justin, I want to be sure that we actually talk about Brie Larson's performance in the movie, because I think, let's not forget, she's an Academy Award winning actress. She's been acting since she was very young. And a director herself. And a director now herself. And I think it it is an interesting, different kind of performance that we've seen from some of the other superhero movies. It's kind of a wittier performance. I think a lot of times she's kind of operating at like the edges of the character in a way, in a way that I found really compelling. What did you make of just Brie Larson's performance as Captain Marvel? I think she's really good in it, and in a way that sort of really transcends some of the built-in limitations of the role, because this is a movie about someone who doesn't entirely know who they are. It's a question of, like, where do you want to start? I mean, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, she has three kind of different personas that she's juggling. Well, let's Um, let's tell it, actually, let's tell it the way the film tells it. I mean, I was kind of very entranced by that, even though I knew in the back of my head where it is going to end up. You know, the film starts with this woman who doesn't know who she is. And she's on a Kree planet, and she's part of a Kree attack force. They're fighting the scroll. She gets, uh, you know, captured by the scroll. Her memory gets jogged. Her quest is to figure out who she is. And unless we really are deep dish Marvel people, we're not 100% sure who she is either. And as she finds out, we find out. And I think the film does that in a very intriguing way. It's different than most origin stories. I found myself really not being quite sure what was happening from moment to moment. And that's a very pleasant sensation, especially in a Marvel film where they really nail everything down and make sure you know absolutely everything that's going on top to bottom. It reminded me of sort of a Jason Bourne style story mm-hmm, where, you mm-hmm. know, where exactly Very that. Very much so. Um, yeah. Including yeah. just the use of flashbacks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Annette Benning, we should say, gives a lovely spectral ghost-like kind of performance in this movie. She plays the deity of the Kree civilization. Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you with no memory. And so she kind of appears as visions, as memories, and there's just something kind of even special about that. But the importance, the kind of emotional value and meaning that she accrues throughout the movie for Brie Larson's character. I came away from the movie really kind of admiring the nerve of keeping you off balance in the way that Kenny described. I think Brie Larson, who is a terrific actress, and she has a real gift, I think, her like photon shooting fists and everything. She's great. and She totally, you know, does all that. I don't think the action is really great in this movie. I I do think it's a little bit of a blur. I think in, in a lot of these, I mean, even with Black Panther, I think the action is the least interesting part of that movie as well. But I think the great things about Brie Larson's performance are like, quiet moment. She has a moment with her friend. Her friend, uh, Marie Rambeau, played by Lashana Lynch. Thank you, Mark. Lashana Lynch, who I think gives one of the great performances in the movie. And there's just a lot of emotion that comes from that arc. And this is unusual for a Marvel movie. Again, this is why Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck were pluses. I can think of a lot of Marvel movies where the emotional content was zero at best. And this film is different. And I I think that's a big plus. I really love the friendship, this female friendship at the center of it. And here's a clip of Brie Larson talking about that friendship as part of the movie. This is the love of the movie. This is the great love. This is the love lost. This is the love found again. This is the reason to continue fighting and to go to the ends of the earth for the person, the thing that you love. And it's her best friend and her her best friend's daughter. 
It's so beautiful. Honestly, there's a stretch of this movie where it's like Top Gun, but with women, and I love that. But to further the tease of the basic premise, Brie Larson's character crash lands in 1990s Los Angeles, where she is the alien fish out of water, in a way. She's like, what is this? Blockbuster video store. So there's just like a lot of nostalgic you might remember this from the 90s moments, <laughs> which, judging from the reactions around me when I saw it, I think that does go a long way in getting people like invested in the humor of it. It's very winking. It's not on the more serious spectrum of Marvel movies beyond what I think is really important also, which is what it does for representation within the MCU. I'm always wary of overusing the word feminism with regard to these movies. I think it's yeah. totally relevant, and yet I think sometimes it's maybe too easy a term it to kind lapse of wears into. its feminism it on wears, its it wears it on its sleeve and but it wears it lightly and i think it wears it very gracefully in a lot of ways there are moments throughout the film mainly through that when her memories are being jumbled where you see glimpses of the sexism that she encounters mm-hmm. in the air force and on the planet cree everyone is always telling her you need to restrain your emotions it's interesting to me because i think that she did not come across as overly emotional to me at all but with regard to the, the cree people she maybe does. I love that she's allowed to be like an angry warrior woman. By the end, this is all validated. By the end, the way she is triumphs. It's not just embracing your emotions as a positive superpower for only her. No, that no it's is, for humanity. That is, no, it's and for, for everybody. It's, it's for, for everybody. Nick yeah. Fury, who we see totally. Sam Jackson in a de-aged with technology take on a younger Nick Fury who is a lighter and more freewheeling version of that character than we've seen. Sings Please Mr. Postman, (laughs) which is a highlight of the film for me. By the (laughs) Marvelettes. And one of the standout performances to me is Ben Mendelsohn, who plays this scroll shapeshifter, but he's fantastic. He's fantastic. And to go back to what Kenny was saying, Ben Mendelsohn gave an all-time great performance in... Fleck and Bowden's movie, Mississippi Grind. An amazing performance that should have been nominated for an Oscar. And so it's wonderful to see him pop up. And because he's a shapeshifter, the first time you see him, he's in his actual Ben Mendelsohn form, but you don't know that. And I do not want to say more about that character, but it's my favorite performance in the whole movie. Is it difficult in a way, like, I think even as a maybe a moderate supporter of the film, you don't want to lavish it with too much praise because you don't want to sort of feel like you're feeding the trolls. But Justin, does the conversation around a movie like this make it difficult (laughs) to have a conversation about a movie? It does, because when you are looking at some of the vile things that people are putting on Rotten Tomatoes, like who wouldn't want to side with this movie? And yet if you do, you're immediately accused of liking it in bad faith. Or if you dislike it, you're accused of disliking it in bad faith. So I know exactly what Kenny means. Like, you just wish you could put all this nonsense aside. Unfortunately, it's like the movies obviously reflect the politics of its story, the politics of its making and its release. And so you can't ignore these issues. But we're getting Wonder Woman. We're getting Alita Battle Angel. We're getting Captain Marvel. Hopefully we're going to get more of these. And I think that the less fuss we make over them in the long run, the better. Jen, I want to declare this a safe space. Do you do you <laughs> uh, have any okay. reservations you have yeah, about no, the movie? No, I'm, I'm with I'm with you guys on this in that I generally like it, but I wish it had more personality of its own. And I don't want to like pin that on the directors uh, because not every director needs to be some like super loud personality auteur. But I do feel like it is hamstrung a little bit by its sort of very basic choices. You get both Nirvana and Hole in in this movie, and I I'm 
very skeptical that Kurt Cobain would have approved. <laughs> I don't know. You know? You know, but I have to say, I can think of nothing in the movie that feels quite as joyful as when Annette Benning does this kind of little shimmy bop while the Nirvana song yeah. is playing. And so as, as, while I hear your point on that, I don't know that what would Kurt Cobain think is really the valid measure. But just think, how badass would it be if Brie Larson was like fighting along to like Seven Year Bitch or the music that I, I believe Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck really listened to in the 90s? Kenny, maybe it's a way to, to wrap up this conversation about Captain Marvel. You seem really energized by Black Panther and now Captain Marvel. And I feel like I would naturally want to assume that you, of anyone, would be feeling sort of superhero fatigue. Tell me a little bit about how you're sort of feeling about superhero movies right now and the fact that they do seem like they're in this kind of interesting, if transitional, place. I do suffer from superhero fatigue. I feel like this is some kind of commercial. Yes, I, too, have suffered from superhero fatigue. Uh, as I said, bringing in these independent directors who have their own vision, and, you know, sometimes it's a quiet vision as a... Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck's vision is, even in their independent films, they weren't the people who just like blew you out of your chair. I think that's a welcome addition to the Marvel Universe. I think this has been a very shrewd idea. And uh, to kind of widen the scope of the directors you bring in, I think it's helped give these films their own personality. It may not be a loud, brash personality, but it is a personality very much of its own. It does not remind me of another superhero movie. And I like that. And so we are going to be back in just a few moments with our colleagues Tracy Brown and Sonia Kelly to continue this conversation about Captain Marvel. But for now, why don't you tell people where they can find your work online, Justin? I'm Justin Chang. You can find me on Twitter at Justin C. Chang. I'm Jen Yamato. You can find me online at Jen Yamato stalking Reggie, the cat thespian who plays Goose. <laughs> and Kenny? And I'm Kenneth Duran, and I'm at Kenneth Duran on Twitter and uh, probably other places as well. And I'm Mark Olson, and so please, we'll be right back. So, scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. And so now for the second part of our conversation about Captain Marvel, I'm joined here by my colleagues, Sonia Kelly and Tracy Brown. Thank you to the both of you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yes. I know, Tracy, I know you are kind of a big Captain Marvel fan. And so I want to get some sense from you of how you feel the movie kind of fit both maybe with the world of the comics and the lineage of the character, as well as the sort of previous MCU movies. I think Carol in Captain Marvel is a bit more of like a, a spiritual interpretation of the comic book Carol Danvers you kind of meet. There are elements that match up, but I think a lot more of it had to do with trying to capture her attitude and how she was more than being accurate to any pre-existing origin story, which I think helps in a way because it frees you from those constraints. But then there's a slight bit of trouble because then you're trying to please everyone all over again. Like people have expectations and people who come in like brand new. And how did it meet your expectations? I was hesitant, but relatively pleased. But ultimately, there's nothing more satisfying, I think, to be able to see Carol embrace being Captain Marvel and flying up into space and, like, blasting things for the first time. Like, that's just very satisfying after having read so many pages of her doing that, to, like, see it on the screen. And, Sanaya, for you, is this the Captain Marvel you were hoping to see? 
I didn't have any expectations about Captain Marvel herself. I didn't really know anything about her. And when Brie was first cast, I was a little skeptical. I didn't really see her as a superhero. But after seeing this film, I know to just trust Marvel from now on because they clearly know what they're talking about. She's very convincing as a superhero and she's charismatic and she's adorable and because the movie takes place in the 90s she's like the perfect character to be in the 90s for us to follow because she's like quirky and sarcastic and so yes I like the character but I didn't have any expectations going in. And how do you feel about the fact that like the MCU they're still giving us origin stories? I'm not that invested in the world of the comics and so it just seems like introducing character after introducing character at some point does that wear out or how does this compare to some of the other origin stories? Um, well, we've had some really bad origin stories. Like Thor was terrible. Guardians was okay. It wasn't great, but it was the second movie was much better. Captain America is probably the best trilogy of his own standalone movies. Honestly, every time I see a new Marvel origin story, I think about, wow, DC really just doesn't have it. Like they don't have it at all. And that like because every time it's still satisfying. It might not be Infinity War, it may not be that exciting, but it's always enjoyable. And I think what was helpful about this one is when you have origin stories still, it's at least an entryway for certain people. Like it's a way to get into the world mm-hmm. where it's okay to not know. Whereas if your first Marvel movie is Infinity War, like you're not going to know what's happening at all. Mm-hmm. So this is a good a way, like a taste. Right. Like If I like this, maybe there's more. Mm-hmm. And now, Sanai, you spoke to Lashana Lynch. A element of the film I think a lot of people are really enjoying and maybe are surprised by. Tell me a little bit about your your conversation with her. So she was really cool. She has a very charming British accent. We spoke about how around Black Panther, Sam Jackson said that Black Brits are stealing all like American roles. And she said that she had not confronted him about that conversation because she wanted the energy on set to be cool. And if it wasn't cool, it would have been her fault. But she said that it's not up to the actors to decide who's being cast. Like, say, take that to the studios. At the same time, she shouldn't feel limited to only play a black Brit for the rest of her career, which I agree with. And I think she's very good in this, as is Letitia and every other black Brit who is a cast in this universe. So we spoke about how the female friendship stands in for like a romantic relationship in this film, how she and Brie both have similar like kind of ethos in that they promote inclusion and diversity, despite what the trolls might think. And here's Brie Larson addressing the issue of diversity both in front of and behind the camera. But there are a lot of aspects to it that I think are are worth, you know, talking with your friends about, talking with your family about. And so when you have a multicultural global conversation like that, I think it allows all of us through the veil of metaphor of a film to be able to reveal some deeper truths and maybe empathize in a new way. And Tracy, did you find that female friendship that they do really center in Captain Marvel? Was that exciting to you? Just having there not be a romantic interest, I think, is always refreshing. And it's always refreshing to be able to see that women can just be friends and they can just be good friends and great friends. And that in itself seems revolutionary, even though it shouldn't be. And did you find the the sequences in the film that are designed to be more inspirational? Like there's a moment that where you sort of see Carol Danvers like get up like again and again. And did you find that that moment was inspiring the way it's meant to be? Yeah, definitely. Especially because that's part of something they definitely took from a uh, comic book Carol Danvers. She's very much a character that's been told like no or the, a character that's been knocked down and she keeps having to get up and she keeps having to find herself and to be like, no, I'm going to be this hero. So it was good to see that parallel. Sonia, did you like that part of the movie too? I did, and I thought the marketing overall for this movie was great. I just thought overall, like, it was a woman power movie without beating it over the head with it being feminist, which I thought was nice because I feel like 
some people are running in that direction now in the wake of Me Too and everything. And it, it's still pandering. And it's obvious that there's no substance behind it. But it felt like authentic and genuine and necessary for the story. Did you ultimately like Bree's performance and in particular her sort of like depiction of strength? I did think that it took a long time to get to that point. And it also took a long time to even introduce us to the friendship. The movie was a little slow in the first half, but when it picks up, like when she gets here and meets Nick Fury, then it's it's like the movie could have started there. Tracy, one element of the movie that everyone seems very excited about is Goose the Cat. And you, in fact, now please correct me if I'm wrong here. You interviewed Reggie, who's kind of like the lead version of Goose the Cat. Yes. So Goose was played by four cats, but uh, the filmmakers have basically said it was it's essentially Reggie and the rest were his stunt doubles. So I got to interview Reggie, which I I felt like the luckiest person in the room. And the fun part about that was he had just woken up from a nap. So he was a bit kind of confused about what he was supposed to be doing. I don't think he's used to an interview scenario or being asked his opinion about Mm -hmm. like Marvel movies. So there was a lot of headbutting and a lot of confused staring. But I think we got some good theories from Reggie about what might happen in Endgame. Reggie, I was wondering, uh, who from the Captain Marvel cast were you most excited to work with? Brie? We're going with Brie Larson. All right. Nice. Who's the villain? Uh-oh. Is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler? <laughs> Thank you. We're enjoying your version of the film. And you can see that whole video on the LA Times website. Hopefully people will like it as much as I had fun doing it. <laughs> and now you raised an interesting point there. Does, in fact, Captain Marvel point the way towards anything for people who have anticipation of Avengers Endgame coming later in the year? Well, I mean, we know she plays a role in Endgame. So I guess without spoiling it for people, like that's definitely the tie-in is now you know why she might be a force to be reckoned with in terms of the storyline in Endgame. So with that, we'll wrap up our second part of our conversation here about Captain Marvel. Sanaya, why don't you tell people where they can find your work online? I'm on Twitter at Sanaya Kate. And Tracy? I am uh, on Twitter at Tracy C. Brown. And I'm on Twitter at Indie Focus. So for the LA Times Studios and The Real, I'm Mark Olson. This week's episode was produced by Katie Cooper and engineered and edited by Mike Heflin. Thanks for listening. I'm going to end it. Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Fury. What's you? I'll be back.